keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God on this Wednesday, July the 20th, 2022. Are you aware there are major protests going on all across the planet in this last couple of weeks? I mean, it's the list is long, actually. Is there a common denominator between all of these protests across the world? Well, we've asked Alex Newman to be on with us. He is a contributor to the Epic Times, Liberty Sentinel, and international journalist. And he's going to be on with us at 35 past the hour to talk about the common denominator between Sri Lanka, Amsterdam, Argentina, Panama, France, Germany, and more, many more. We're going to cover that at 35 past the hour. Uh, also, have the bishops in Louisiana given up on the contraception issue? Hmm. There is a, a report out that they are seemingly approving of contraception in emergency cases. David L. Gray is going to weigh in on that at the top of the next hour. So if you can join us, we'd love to have you. You can always stream live on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. There is so much in the news, in fact. The Democrat-controlled lower house passed the Respect for Marriage Act, a bill that codifies same-sex marriage into law. I bet you thought it was already in law, isn't it? No. No, it wasn't. But they are trying to make it law. Why? Because they're very scared. And so uh, I guess there was some 47 House Republicans who also backed the bill. There you go. Dividing upon uh, party lines versus your Catholic faith is always, always a problem. Hey, ABC News has perpetuated by uh, this uh, fake news from Rep. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ilan Omar. They were uh, arrested yesterday at a pro-abortion rally in front of the Supreme Court. And they... they <laughs> <laughs> they pretended as though they were handcuffed. They weren't. But they made it look as though they were. And ABC News was happy to uh, to share those images to continue the look of these uh, congresswomen being hauled off in handcuffs. In fact, they never were. It's kind of hilarious, actually. Hey, a new investment policy. Good news. Praise be to God. Out of the Vatican, they, from this point forward, will not invest in anything that isn't pro-life. You know, anything that doesn't actually uphold the fundamentals of the faith from this point forward. Oh, okay. Well, why, why did it take 2,000 years to get here? I'm just curious. At any rate, we're going to cover that story and a lot more today on the program. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. You know what was particularly hilarious about AOC pretending to be handcuffed? <laughs> the, the fist At the one fist point, <laughs> she throws up a fist in the sky. I don't yeah. know what that means. Probably some sort of communist Power to the thing, people. Right? Power to the people. And then she goes back to pretending to be handcuffed for the, yeah. for the pictures. The look on her face. The video. Did you watch the video? Uh, what a smug face. The smug. The ah, oh, just like she was like in her She's moment. Like, I know this is gonna. This is yes. gonna work out. Oh wow. I mean, good grief. It She's was like all according to plan. <laughs> yes, if only we could read her mind, right? Like, what is going oh, on in that woman's life that she wants to pretend to be handcuffed? For the media, 
for yeah. for the people that might uh, be uh, on the lookout. She has a, she has a history of pretending. Remember when she went to the border? Yes, and she yes. cried at the gate. Just <laughs> so dramatic and yeah, man. Well, people still buy that stuff though. Hey, it's. People are buying it. People yeah. are selling. Speaking of buyers, Adrian Fonseca's here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Praise be to God. You, you guess still, how I got here. You today. still buying uh, the good Dodge product? or? Well, guess how I got here today. How'd you get here today? I drove uh-huh. in my own truck. No, you didn't. First time. I'm going downstairs. In I'm five check. weeks. What? In no. five weeks is the first time I've driven my own car. <laughs> Come on. Insane. Yeah. Insanity. Yeah, but this, I guess this is what you news, get when so you get a Dodge. I'm not sure. I've had that car for mm-hmm. 13 oh, tell years. Tell me all about 13 it. 13 years, and it's never yeah. had a single problem with it. <laughs> never. So, take that, you Dodge haters. <laughs> 13 years. How many yeah. miles on your 200,000 miles. You get really? 200,000 on your mm-hmm. truck. 200, well, well okay. if we're going to be accurate, it's like yeah. 199,000, like okay. 760. Well, we'll round like up. That. That's so. fair. Yeah, the good news is you're going to get at least two, three more thousand miles on that thing before you have to throw it away. I think I'm thinking another hundred. I'm thinking another hundred on there. <laughs> it ain't gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. It's this Good is a dodge. Luck. I mean, I understand that your Chevy might like yeah. break down. last forever. Go might, ahead, might say break it one down more time. And, uh, before it hits a hundred thousand. But <laughs> I, 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 my next up, my bet is head gasket. Head gasket. Head gasket's gonna blow. All right. Well, if you, my dear listener, have an opinion of Adrian Fonseca's car woes or the maybe how long his Dodge may last, you may comment on this show today through one of our live video feeds. On Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Rumble, Odyssey, uh, other places, all linked up on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Let's pray, let's jump in, and let's get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today's Wednesday, July 20th, and here are your headlines this morning. This one's from the Washington Examiner, and the headline goes, House passes bill codifying same-sex marriage with significant GOP support. Forty-seven Republicans joined all Democrats in voting for the bill, named the Respect for Marriage Act, after House GOP leadership announced that it would not be whipping rank-and-file lawmakers to oppose it. Among the nearly four dozen Republicans to back the the legislation were Representative Elise Stefanik from New York the chairwoman of the House Republican Conference, and Representative Tom Emmer from Minnesota, the head of the House Republicans' campaign arm, House Majority Leader, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy from California, and House Minority Leader Whip Steve Scalise from Louisiana opposed the bill. Notably, however, every Republican who spoke in opposition to the bill declined to state explicitly what marriage, that marriage was a union between one man and one woman which was the GOP's historical position and is the definition of marriage contained within the Defense of Marriage Act. (coughs) The Daily Caller reports, Officer rides through New York City on horseback to catch robbery suspect. The incident unfolded in Times Square after a 34-year-old suspect allegedly stole a pair of sunglasses from a vendor near West 40th Street and 7th Avenue. The officer is seen talking to the suspect, who then dashes off. 
The officer and his trusty steed immediately gave chase down the busy street, riding straight into traffic to nab the suspect. The mounted officer managed to catch up with the suspect, who was then being apprehended by other members of the NYPD. The Hill reports Netflix loses nearly 1 million subscribers but beats expectations. Netflix announced that it had lost its largest number of subscribers in the last three months, though the figure beat its expectations. According to the streaming services quarterly earnings report, Netflix lost 970,000 subscribers. And the Epic Times reports, Judge Grant's request for discovery phase in social media collusion lawsuit against Biden administration. A federal court has granted a request by Missouri and Louisiana officials to obtain information and documents from top-ranking officials in the Biden administration over its alleged collusion with social media giants in an effort to censor and suppress free speech. The judge, a Trump appointee, also gave a timeline in which federal officials and social media platforms must hand over their documents. The lawsuit contends the alleged suppression of free speech and collusion violate the protections of the First Amendment and amount to an action of excess of statutory authority. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saints of the day, yes, I'm going to give you a twofer because they are um, pretty short, is St. Paul and St. Margaret. St. Paul of St. Zolus. He was a Spanish martyr. Paul was a deacon of Cordoba, Spain, and was a member of the community of St. Zolus in that city. He devoted much of his effort to bringing aid to those Christians imprisoned by Muslim officials. He was seized by the members of the ruling Islamic government and was beheaded for, quote-unquote, blasphemy, meaning saying true things about the Muslim religion. The other saint of the day is St. Margaret of Antioch. She was the daughter of a pagan priest at Antioch in Pisidia, also known as Marina. She was converted to Christianity, whereupon she was driven from home by her father. She became a shepherdess, and when she, spur- and when she spurned the advances of Olibrius, the prefect, who was infatuated with her beauty, he charged her with being a Christian. He had her tortured and then imprisoned, and while she was in prison, she had an encounter with the devil who appeared to her in the form of a dragon. According to the legend, he swallowed her, but the cross she carried in her hand so irritated his throat that he was forced to disgorge her. The next day, attempts were made to execute her by fire and then by drowning, but she was miraculously saved and converted thousands of spectators witnessing her ordeal, all of whom were promptly, who were promptly executed. Finally, she was beheaded. That she exists, that she, uh, sorry, (laughs) the, she was one of the 14 holy helpers, and she was one of the voices that, that St. Joan of Arc heard whenever she had the saints appear to her, St. Margaret of Antioch was one of the saints who appeared to her, St. Paul and St. Margaret, pray for us. (laughs) Easy for you to say. Uh, Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood along the shore. And he spoke to them at length in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky ground, where it had little soil, 
It sprang up at once because the soil was not deep, and when the sun rose, it was scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. But some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit, a hundred or sixty or thirty-fold. Whoever has ears ought to hear the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Rabanus, which was a ninth-century archbishop, said, quote, After the discourse held in the house, wherein, with wicked blasphemy, he had been said to have had a demon, he went out and taught by the sea, to signify that having left Judea because of their sinful unbelief, he would pass to the salvation of the Gentiles. For the hearts of the Gentiles, long, proud, and unbelieving, are rightly likened to the swelling and bitter waves of the sea. And who knows not that Judea was by faith the house of the Lord? Close quote, Rabanus. Hilary, 4th century bishop, says, quote, There is moreover a reason in the subject of his discourse why the Lord should sit in the ship and the multitude stand on the shore. For he was about to speak in parables, and by this action signifies that they who were without the church could have no understanding of the divine word. The ship offers a type of the church within which the word of life is placed and is preached to those without, and who, as being barren, as being barren sand, cannot understand it. Close quote. St. Hilary. Now. The church offers the interpretation of these parables. So if you want to know, you're supposed to go to the church. That's the message there. St. Jerome, 4th century monk and doctor of the church, says, quote, He mingles things plain and things dark, that by those things which they understand, they may be incited to get knowledge of the things they understand not. Close quote. St. Jerome is saying, basically, you want the interpretation, you come to the church, the body of Christ. It is the, it is the church of the Lord that provides clarity to the world. St. Chrysostom, 4th century archbishop, says, quote, that the most part of the seed then perished came not of him that sowed, but of the soil that received it. That is the mind. For he that sowed put no difference between rich and poor, wise or foolish, but spoke to all, like filling up his own part though foreseeing all things that should come to pass, so that he might say, What ought I have? What ought I have? What ought I? Good grief, I got the, I got the Fonseca-itis. What ought I to have done that I have not done? What is he saying here, Chrysostom? It's not his fault that the rocky ground and the path did not receive the Lord and bear much fruit. It's ours, yours and mine. We'll be right back. Some Protestants like to charge the Catholic Church with changing the Ten Commandments because it omits the prohibition of making graven images found in Exodus 20. But is this true? No. And here's the reason why. Like Augustine, the Catholic Church sees the prohibition of making graven images as merely an extension of the First Commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. In light of the context, it seems that Augustine was right. For immediately after God prohibits the making of graven images, he says in verse 5, You shall not bow down to them or serve them. 
The prohibition is against idolatry, not the making of images in an absolute sense. So the Catholic Church didn't change the Ten Commandments. And it's not guilty of idolatry and having statues in its places of worship. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com It is here where you'll find the best marriage counselor, greatest healer, wisest teacher, and closest friend. It's a place where you'll escape the chaos of the world and find the lasting peace that only comes from God. Jesus is personally waiting to embrace you now with his divine mercy and healing love. Jesus is calling you home to his sacred heart today. I need a mercy. I need a savior. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Alex Newman, international journalist, contributor to Epic Times and many other outlets. It's going to be our guest at 35 past the hour, so that's coming up. We're going to be talking about all of these protests that are happening all across the world. They seem to have common themes. Is there a tie that connects all of the dots? We're going to talk to Alex Newman about that, so stick around if you can. Uh, but there are, as I say, lots of stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you as well. And, uh, boy, was it was so funny to see this video of Ocasio-Cortez uh, and um, Ilan Omar being taken away, escorted away from a protest in D.C. Uh, yesterday, and she pretended as though her hands were cuffed, keeping them be- behind her. And just this smug look on her face. It was, it was truly uh, comical to watch this. And realizing, of course, there are going to be a lot of people who are going to buy into this and there's going to be, you know, it's going to spread fast. So it wouldn't surprise me to find out that, for instance, because maybe you, dear listener, don't uh, hang out on Twitter or whatever, that you would not have known that this was fake. Like maybe you tuned in last night to CNN or ABC, NBC or whatever, even Fox News. I don't know. And you found out that she was taken away and you thought she was handcuffed because they let you believe that, right? Well, ABC did get busted with this yesterday. And, of course, there were a lot of people who pounced all over this. But that's not really the story. I mean, it's funny. I'm going to be honest with you. It's funny. But it's not really the story. The real story is um, there's a person sitting right next to uh, Sandy Cortez uh, pretending to be in handcuffs again. And on her shirt says, they will not stop at Roe. And therein lies the real story. Because, in fact, those that are very concerned about losing abortion access, they're also extremely concerned about losing gay marriage, quote-unquote. In fact, there were were politicians that were lambasting Justice Clarence Thomas Basically saying, I bet he won't overturn interracial marriage, (laughs) you know, because his his wife is Caucasian, of course. So that's like that's they think that's a thing. It's it's incredible how they get away with their racism and not get called out on that. It's interesting to me. But nonetheless, they are very concerned about protecting their agenda on the far left, which we as Catholics, I mean, it's not a conservative issue it's not a republican thing like who cares it's a cat we're catholic so we defend marriage between a man and a woman 
That is the design by God. It is the first commandment given to man by God in the garden. And that is the one we hold to and we defend because it is the very fabric of society since the dawn of time. And uh, so here's an article out of the Epic Times. The headline says, House passes same-sex marriage bill backed by 47 Republicans. See what I'm saying? It's not about conservatism or republicanism or Democrats, liberals or whatever. It's about our Catholic faith. And we, well, too many of us have put too much faith in the political parties. Here's a little bit of the article. It says the U.S. House of Representatives has passed a bill to codify same-sex marriage into law. The Democrat-controlled lower house passed the Respect for Marriage Act, H.R. 8404, a bill that codifies same-sex marriage into U.S. law with a bipartisan 276 to 157 vote. 47 House Republicans backed the bill. The bill now heads to the Senate, which 10 Republican votes are now are needed to overcome the filibuster threshold. I wonder if they're going to get those. Hmm. Quote, specifically, the bill repeals and replaces provisions that define for purposes of federal law marriage as between a man and a woman and a spouse as a person of the opposite sex with provisions that recognize any marriage that is valid under state law. Close quote, reads the bill's summary on Congress's website. Going on to say, quote, the bill also repeals and replaces provisions that do not require states to recognize same-sex marriages from other states with provisions that prohibit the denial of full faith and credit or any right or claim relating to out-of-state marriages on the basis of sex, race, ethnicity, or national origin, close quote, the bill's summary continued. The House the House Judiciary Committee Chairman, Rep. Jerry Nadler from New York, instru- in, in, introduced the bill on July the 18th. The passage of the bill came a month after the Supreme Court ruled on Dobbs v. Jackson's Women's Health Organization, a decision that overturned the 1981 landmark abortion decision, Roe v. Wade. The highest court opined in Dobbs, that decisions affected by the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment should be reconsidered. In his concurring opinion to Dobbs' majority ruling, Justice Clarence Thomas said that, quote, substantive due process is an oxymoron that lacks any basis in the Constitution, and that due process clause does not secure any substantive rights. For this reason... Thomas said that in future cases, the justice should reconsider all of this court's substantive due process proceedings, including Griswold, Lawrence, and Obergefell, and that because any substantive due process decision is demonstrably erroneous, we have a duty to correct error established in those proceedings. I find that fascinating, and I hope you do too, because in fact... There is a, uh, it's like kind of like when you wake up in the middle of the night. Remember the good old days when you were young and you were just getting started, moved out of your parents' place. You know, maybe you went off to college or you got that job and you got your first apartment or whatever. And you're like, ah, oh, this is great. Living on my own. Yeah, this is wonderful. Fantastic. And you get up in the middle of the night to go get a little snack from your fridge because you can, because your parents aren't going to stop you. And then you turn the light on and roaches are scurrying everywhere. And you're like, oh. Oh, darn, what do I do? Let me call mom and dad and ask, ask them, what should I do about the roaches? Remember those good old days, Rudy? 
I didn't have roaches until Crazy. now. Roaches until now. <laughs> until now. <laughs> Listen, roaches are the national pets of all apartment complexes everywhere. Uh, so yikes. it's okay. It's fine. Just, just feed them. It's fine. Uh, but that's kind of what this is about, right? So uh, the lights are on, and they're scurrying going down. There is a lot of pressure to shore up these uh, pillars of their agenda, which includes same-sex marriage. And I find it fascinating that Catholics are going to be divided along this line, too, right? How many? We, so we read that poll last week out of uh, EWTN, the Real uh, Clear Opinion poll, and it basically said that, in fact, a majority of Catholics actually do kind of favor some abortion. You know, they don't want, they don't want uh, you know, to vote for politicians that do, but they're kind of like in favor of some restrictions. Uh, but they also are like, it's okay a little bit. You know, that was a scary poll to read for me. It was like frustrating and, uh, you know, very, um, I don't know, I got a little, a little, you know, worked up over that, I would say. And then, of course, only 50% of Catholics voting in America uh, actually believe in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. So this is going to be yet another dividing line in the Catholic Church, at least in our country, but I'm sure across the world, because, golly gee whiz, love wins, right? Love is love, isn't it, Rudy? Ooh, it's so... I love all these slogans they come up with, you know. And <clears throat> I think these slogans particularly have some effect on the culture. When you say something like love is love or love wins, this sort of thing, it's a platitude, yes, and we, we kind of understand it on the other side that this is just something something ridiculous, right? But I think the normal person, the, the uninformed person will pick something up like this and they'll say, well, of course, it's just they just want to get together. They want to, they want to start a family or something like that. But it really, it destroys the fabric of our society, which was built off of families, and that's why the family unit is completely gone these days. And yeah. it's so difficult to raise your family because there's so many obstacles in the way. Yeah. Yeah. So. There are so many obstacles. And it's not easy, of course. I know some families that uh, would have spoken out against same-sex marriage mm -hmm. until they had a child who grew up and started it struggling with same-sex yeah. attraction. And then all of a sudden, they soften their position. Exactly. You know, and it becomes more difficult for them and more complex. And I don't want to make light of that. I can appreciate the complexity of having a, a loved one, a family member who is struggling with same-sex attraction or, or you know, uh, sexual dysphoria or some other kind of issue. But truth is truth. Yeah. Irregardless of how, how our blood relatives, family members, friends, close confidants are impacted by that truth. You know, it reminds me too, Joe, you know, we've had this discussion off of air too. And, um, you know, there's a tendency for us to not want to suffer. And no. so when parents find out that their kids have same-sex attraction and they understand that this is contrary to the, the law of God, they know that the kid is going to struggle. Yeah. It's going to be a struggle for yeah. them. Yeah. And, and what do they do? They say, well, I don't want my kid to suffer. When in reality, yeah. that, that struggle is mm -hmm. what's going to help them to obtain holiness. Yeah, it's going to help them to obtain virtue, and it's hard, right? You you want to strike a balance. You want to love the person and hate the sin. Yeah, you want to not abandon them. You want to be there with them and through the difficulties of it. And I I can appreciate that. I mean, I applaud parents that are trying to find a path through this this uh, difficult challenge, and yet at the same time, we cannot 
it would be wrong. We cannot do it. We cannot defend or pretend to defend same-sex marriage in society because it is a, a, a frontal assault on the dignity of the human person, mm -hmm. upon marriage and society itself. It is the very command God gave to Adam and Eve, the very first one. And it is, in fact, the building block of all of society. Yeah, a stable exactly. society is built upon a man and a woman being devoted to each other so much so that they will bring forth life. I mean, and we see what happens in fatherless homes, and we see what happens in in not committed uh, marriages, and we pretend to have, uh, we, we like the uh, accoutrement of marriage. We want all the benefits of marriage without the sacrifice and the commitment of it in society. I mean, we want, we're not getting married at all. Statistically, Catholics just simply aren't going to the altar anymore. They're just living together. They're just... Hooking up, shacking up. It's all up. about convenience, baby. That's right. Why? I mean, like, why bother? If all you're going to see is divorce, a wreckage, and decay, well, then why bother getting married at all? Why bother having children when you can have a dog that doesn't talk to you? It doesn't need anything specifically from you. You don't have yeah. to invest yourself as and hard. And you can get your parents to take, you know, pictures with the grand dogs. That's cool. <laughs> lots, of, uh, lots of photographers that will, like, come and take pictures of the grand dogs and the grandparents. Yeah, and they take them to Santa Claus. I've put them on. <laughs> I hate, to, <laughs> on I hate to make fun of you. But I saw a guy walking his dog, but the dog was in a stroller. Nice. In our neighborhood. Like, the dog wasn't even walking. Just how much was a stroller? I wonder. It's just I bet it was pet, top end. Petco. I don't know who sells those things. <laughs> I'm sure. At, at, at any rate, uh, when are we going to defend marriage again? When are we going to get strong, incredible uh, support documents out of the USCCB or or marches on Washington to to defend marriage between a man and a woman? Because as marriage goes, so goes society, and the destruction of marriage is in full on retreat and we must we must hold the line so Amen. let's pray let's pray that marriage will be great again in america not for party lines or political parties but for the truth itself which is a person jesus christ hey coming up after the break Alex this is Simmons. dale alquist with a chesterton minute have you ever heard the church criticized for defending celibacy? What about for defending marriage? Have you ever heard it accused of showing contempt for women, but also sneered at because only women go there? Have you ever heard it attacked for asceticism, but also for extravagance? How about for being dull? How about for being too garish? How about for being too worldly, or too unworldly, or insisting that people confess their sins, or showing too much mercy to sinners. Notice any contradiction among the critics? G.K. Chesterton says, here's a broad and simple test. If you hear a thing being accused of being too tall and too short, too red and too green, too bad in one way, and too bad also in the opposite way, then you may be sure that it is very good. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Ave Maria School of Law is the Roman Catholic law school in the U.S. Consistently ranked in the Princeton Review as one of the best and most conservative law schools, as well as pre-law's most devout law school. Ave Maria School of Law provides a traditional legal education while placing an emphasis on how the law intersects with the Catholic intellectual tradition and natural law philosophy. Ave Maria School of Law, unabashedly Catholic, consistently excellent. For more information, AveMariaLaw.edu. 
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. I'll try not to uh, stumble through these. This one's from the Epic Times. The headline is, China's holdings of U.S. debt fall below $1 trillion for the first time in 12 years. China sold $23 billion worth of U.S. Treasury securities in May, lowering its total ownership to $980.8 billion, according to the latest monthly data released on July 18th. It's the first time uh, China's holdings of U.S. debt dropped below the $1 trillion mark since May 2020 when its stock of treasuries was at $843.7 billion. Beijing has been dumping U.S. government debt for six straight months, selling a total of $100 billion worth during that period. Live News reports Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer will veto $21.4 million for pregnancy centers and adoption. Whitmer will sign the state's budget law into law, but use her line item veto power to cut funding for pregnancy centers. She falsely claims they lie to women because they don't kill babies in abortions. Funding ex- is funding expected to be vetoed within the budget includes $10 million to fund marketing programs that promote the adoption of infants and to develop factual educational information materials on adoption as an alternative to abortion, including the ability of the birth mother to establish a pre-birth plan. It also comprises of $4 million worth of grants and other expenditures for safe housing and comprehensive supportive services without charge for pregnant women who are without a safe home and are in need statewide, which must include access to health and prenatal care, parenting and life skill development, and services and education for stable transition to independent living. The Daily Wire reports, stunning amount of money pours pours in for hero Pizza Man, who saved five from burning house. Nicholas Bostic was on his way to fill up his gas tank after midnight on July 11th when he saw flames shooting from a two-story house in his hometown. He pulled into the driveway intending to call 911 only to realize he left his phone at home. Man, I hate when that happens. He then ran to the back of the house, found an unlocked door, and raced inside. Bostic sustained first-degree burns on several parts of his body, but he saved all of the children that were inside and their babysitter. Now, people from all over the world, inspired by his heroism, have chipped in more than a quarter of a million dollars to help his recovery. That's a little bit of good news there. And those very headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Um, joining us right now by phone is Alex Newman. He is an international journalist, Liberty Sentinel. He's a contributor to Epic Times. He's written books and contributes to other outlets as well. And he joins us now. Good morning to you, Mr. Alex Newman. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, we're very grateful to you. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, let me just ask you, there's been, over the last couple of weeks, uh, uh, just an incredible amount of protests on a fairly significant scale all across the world. Sri Lanka, the Netherlands, France, China, Panama, Argentina, Australia, Italy, Kenya, Albania, Bulgaria, Macedonia, Germany, Afghanistan, and more. And I wonder if there's a common denominator between all of these. What say you, Alex Newman? Well, I think there are several common denominators. One of the first and most obvious ones is that uh, there is a plan called the Great Reset, uh, and there are various different marketing terms that have been applied to this, a Build Back Better and Green New Deal and New World Order. I mean, we've heard all the slogans before. And the issue is you can't build back better if you don't tear down first. And so I think what we're observing right now, what we're witnessing, 
Uh, it's most obvious, I think, in places like Sri Lanka and the Netherlands, but uh, will be more obvious in the rest of the world soon, uh, is a controlled demolition of the previous systems to make way for uh, what this global, I call it a predator class, hopes will be the new systems that will be then put into place. So we see right now, I think, a, an engineered war on farmers. Uh, that's, of course, the, the immediate cause of the protests in the Netherlands and the European countries. Um, the war on farmers actually is, I think, what contributed to the overthrow of the government in Sri Lanka. I mean, they, they passed all these UN-supported green policies that basically decimated the food production in the agricultural sector. When people get hungry, they revolt. And uh, I think one of the goals of this is to try to get people to revolt against their own national governments, uh, really to try to knock down their own national systems and even their own nation states to make way for a new order. And uh, I, I think that'll become much more apparent in the months ahead as these uh, as this unrest and these protests spread. I, I like the way you kind of put it earlier. We've heard all these slogans before, you know, build back better instead of uh, put it back the way you found it. Right. Uh, that would be better. Uh, but you also I've seen you. I've seen a couple of your reports and your contributions, especially on Epic Times. The Bilderberg meeting is another one of these uh, where elites gather around World Economic Forum. And there's always some suspicion. Um, but like, what's the reality here? How much of what these elites, when they gather, actually translates to what we feel, you know, in our backyard and in our community? Or is it just what happens in third world countries or countries over over the ocean? But here in America, how much of what they do affects us? Well, I think there's two very easy mistakes to fall into. The first mistake is that they have no impact, that uh, really these are just uh, meetings that take place for the benefit of the people who attend them and that there really are no implications for the rest of us. That is a, a, a I think, transparently false view. The other mistake is to attribute all sorts of godlike powers to these people, which, of course, they don't possess. Uh, you know, the, the other trap that people fall into is to assume that everything that moves, everything that happens is somehow caused by or desired by uh, this predator class. Uh, Donald Trump labeled it the deep state. So I, I think it's a, a good term that has kind of stuck. I, I wrote a whole book about it called Deep State, the Invisible Government Behind the Scenes. And yeah, Bilderberg is a critical part of it. Bilderberg is one cog in the machine. Uh, we have, of course, here in the United States, the Council on Foreign Relations. It's sister organization in Europe, the European Council on Foreign Relations. You've got the Chatham House, uh, also known as the Royal Institute for International Affairs. Of course, the World Economic Forum is kind of a public-facing organization that's involved in this network. You've got then some of the more secretive organizations like the Skull and Bones Society at Yale. You've got uh, the Bohemian Grove out in California. And um, I mean, everybody recognizes that businessmen sometimes get together and decide to, you know, fix their prices or, or conspire to rip off taxpayers or things like that. Everybody recognizes that those sorts of things happen. But uh, I think a lot of us have fallen into this trap of not understanding that political leaders and business elites do the same thing. And uh, I think the implications of these meetings and the plans of these people that, that are variously known as the deep state, the insiders, the establishment, whatever, um, uh, they're very significant. And uh, they have an agenda. We, we can pretty much discern what their agenda is, at least the, the version of it that they want us to hear. It's going to be a borderless world where we're all going to be happy, uh, as the World Economic Forum puts it, we'll own nothing by 2030. So they have a plan. They have a vision that they want for us. And uh, they're doing everything within their power to move us toward that vision. Uh, I still, of course, believe in the sovereignty of God, and so I think God will have the last word here. But uh, I think it would be foolish of us to think that uh, these people are, are not trying to direct affairs behind the scenes. But 
Okay, so one of the things that gets me about this is, I all right, we all like, or not all, but uh, these guys apparently like money, power, and control. And even if I assume they're best in, they're 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 good, right? If I assume that they mean well, um, they're playing with people's lives. The people in Sri Lanka are starving. <laughs> Why would they do that? What, like, do they not care about these people, or they just figure it's an acceptable? It's an acceptable casualty for the greater good. I mean, what goes through their their mind on these things? I think when you get to the highest levels, they they not only don't care, they view us with contempt. Uh, they, 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 they call us things like useless eaters. Uh, they truly believe that there are too many of us. Uh, at its core, I believe this is diabolical. I mean, when when you look at this contempt that there is for humanity uh you see satanic right you, you see uh, who is it that hates mankind so much that uh that they would promote the abortion of tens of millions of people that they would encourage uh the demolition of uh infrastructure that is required to support the lives of these people and um, and, and we've seen over and over throughout history that these types of people exist but your average person struggles to understand it because they don't want to kill people they don't want to enslave people they just want to raise their family you know they, they may do quote-unquote small sins they may lie they may embezzle a little bit they may even cheat on their spouse but they certainly don't want to you know put people in camps and and enslave the planet and so i think your average mind struggles to understand that people like this do exist and have existed throughout history and exist around the world um, i mean we see their manifestations all the time chairman mao adolf hitler joseph stalin vladimir lenin fidel castro I mean, over and over and over again we see these types of people rising to the top of government systems and even corporate systems, uh, and yet your average person still struggles to understand it. But I, I think it's very clear that at the highest levels, these people not only don't care, they have contempt for us, but certainly they have attracted a, a, an enormous number of dupes, uh, or as uh, Lenin used to call them, useful idiots, who truly believe that they're doing the right thing. Uh, and, and, you know, I was suckered into this as a child. I went to these uh, elite international private schools where they were basically training up the managerial class for this global system they want to bring in. And, uh, and we were taught that this was for everybody's benefit. It was going to lead to peace on earth because once there were no more nation states, there would be no more national armies and then people would stop going to war. And, uh, you know, everything would be more fair and wealth would be properly redistributed. So, uh, there are, there's a huge number of people, far more than, than the inner core who do believe that, that this is the right thing for humanity, that this is going to produce positive results. But at the top, I think it's just pure hatred and contempt for people and for God and for everything that God has ordained. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it seems strange to me why we would have uh, an, an elected uh, government that would sell our strategic oil to the point where we're almost out of it. I mean, I think we can maintain 25 days. I heard this morning from Josh Phillip on, on Epic Times. Uh, that's it. 25 days. I mean, we're selling it to China, to India, instead of helping our Americans right here that are struggling with extreme gas prices. We have the uh, political and policies, uh, political people, political actors and policies in place that just act in very contrary ways to our national sovereignty, our security and common sense. And I want to talk more about that with Alex Newman right after this very quick break. LibertySentinel.org is his website. More coming up on Connecting the Dots next. Don't go anywhere. 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Who did God use to get John the Baptist filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Here's your choices. Could it have been Simeon or St. Joseph or maybe an unknown prophet? Maybe Jesus. Who was it? Your answer in a moment. Secondly, so what methods do we see in the New Testament for Christians receiving the Holy Spirit? Well, it was usually through the laying on of hands. Peter and John laid hands on those in Samaria. St. Paul laid hands on those believers in Ephesus. Prior to that, we see Jesus merely breathing on the apostles. So here's your answer. A greeting. Yes, a greeting. You see, after Gabriel's powerful annunciation to the Virgin Mary, a simple, profound greeting from Mary to Elizabeth caused John the Baptist to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as a result, he leaped in her womb. Now, to all my daring Pentecostal church friends, no matter how much you pray in tongues over someone, this method won't work. Why? Because it's not a method. It was the divine team of the Blessed Trinity, Gabriel, Mary, and Elizabeth. And that, my friend, will not happen again. Hey, Donnie, in what gospel do we find the Hail Mary prayer? The gospel of Luke. Do we worship Mary? No. What do we do? Ask her to pray for us. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Praise be to Jesus. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Alex Newman is our guest. He's an international journalist, author. He is a contributor to many outlets, to include the Epic Times, as well as a bunch of others. You can find more information at LibertySentinel.org. But welcome back to the show, Mr. Newman. I want to ask you about national sovereignty. As I said before the break, there seems to be just really bizarre behavior. If you're trying to like give them the benefit of the doubt, right? You're not. I'm not trying to put on the conspiratorial hat here. I'm just trying to look at this from some common sense perspective. And it's bizarre what we see. Why would we, for instance, as an example, give any sort of oversight, veto power, or more control to the World Health Organization over what happens in my neighborhood or any neighborhood in America? Why would we do that? Why is that in our best interest? Well, I think it self-evidently is not. Uh, I mean, we look at the World Health Organization, first and foremost, the first thing that becomes apparent is that it's a club for dictators and kleptocrats. Right? Uh, not too long ago, just a few years ago, they elected the mass murdering dictatorship of Cuba to, to serve as the presidency of the World Health Assembly. Uh, you look at the current uh, director general of the World Health Organization, Dr. Tedros Ghebreyesus, literally a former communist terrorist. He served on the Politburo of the Tigray People's Liberation Front, which was an ethno-Marxist terrorist group in Ethiopia, before he got promoted to serve as the right-hand man for literally a mass-murdering dictator. How did he end up at the helm of the World Health Organization? Well, communist China, the, the mass-murdering dictatorship ruling over communist China, which incidentally has murdered more human beings than any government in history, uh, put him there. That's how he got there. And so the idea that uh, this club of dictators and kleptocrats and, and gangsters could come up with better health policy than Americans to me, is frankly ridiculous and insulting. Um, uh, and yet, this is what we're expected to believe the Biden administration believes. So I think when you boil it down, it comes down to two possible schools of thought. Either these people are total idiots, uh, and they're destroying our country, they're destroying our economy, they're, they're destroying our currency, they're destroying our energy systems and our life support systems by accident, 
or they're doing it on purpose. And uh, th- that really are, those are your two options. And I think it, if you examine this from an objective point of view, it becomes very clear that this is not stupidity. And uh, a great uh, former Secretary of War of the United States, uh, James Forrestal, uh, was recorded to have said that in a book that um, if this were merely stupidity, they would occasionally make a mistake in our favor. Uh, he was talking about how the U.S. State Department and our diplomats <laughs> seemed to consistently make these mistakes that benefited the Soviet Union and harmed the United States. And he said uh, uh, stupidity, uh, their consistency has never been the mark of stupidity. And I agree. When you see policy after policy after policy that they're down this country, that harms the American people, that undermines our national sovereignty, that undermines our constitutional system of government, uh, eventually you see a pattern and you have to say, look, this is not stupidity. I, I'm not saying that Biden is controlling all this. I mean, the poor guy has trouble reading his teleprompter. But the people who are running the policy, I think uh, it's very clear, are doing this deliberately, and they don't have our best interests at heart. Uh, Mr. Newman, thank you for your for your time here, by the way. I, I have a question here. You know, there there seems to be... There's a nakedness to the their their plans too. I mean, you could read a lot of their documents, and they document really what they plan to do in the next thirty years. Uh, there's there's all kinds of things out there that you could read about what they plan and intend to do. Why do you think that is, and and why do you think there's such a complacency to put out all of this information? Um, is it because people don't really react? They don't they don't really know what to do in the in the face of such a such a struggle. What say you? I think part of it is just apathy. They realize that most people just don't care until it affects them. And, and you're right. These people have been very, very transparent. I mean, almost a decade ago, David Rockefeller, who I think is one of the, the principal human architects of this, of course, he, he passed on a couple of years ago, but uh, he wrote on page 405 of his autobiography, and this quote is almost word for word. He says, uh, some even uh, say that we are, we being uh, the Rockefeller family, are part of a uh, secret cabal, is his term, working <laughs> against the best interests of the United States with uh, a group of internationalists. He said, uh, conspiring to build a, a one world political and economic order. And then he says, if that's the charge, I stand proud. I'm guilty and I'm proud of it. And so you, you consistently see this. It comes out in government documents. It comes out in their autobiographies. They, they talk about it in their speeches when they think nobody's paying attention. And I think they recognize that the vast majority of not just the American people, this is true around the world, I and mean, it's not just a ding on Americans, they just don't care. They're, they're so worried about putting food on the table and getting the kids to soccer practice and uh, watching you know their favorite TV show at night that there really is no time to be concerned about this. And I think that's why they're so bold in admitting some of these things so publicly. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking while you're saying that, that it's, it fascinates me because in one sense, they're trying to create this egalitarian society where everybody will own nothing and you'll be happy. Everybody will be at the same point. But of course, that means everybody's going to be poor because you can't make everybody rich. But the in the same coin, which is, I guess, a face of communism is the communists are say, okay, we all should be, the, the people should own the means of production, but also we're going to have oligarchical rulers at the top. In the same way, these New World Order people in the same, in the same vein are preaching egalitarianism, are moving towards egalitarianism, yet we have this oligarchy, this cabal across the world. What exactly is their goal? It seems to be almost inconsistent at least uh, to the uh, layperson looking at it, what say you? 
Yeah, well, they have to frame this, of course, as something that would be beneficial to humanity. I mean, they can't run around and say, hey, guys, we want to enslave you. We want to take all your money. We want to brainwash your children. We want to take your freedoms. And uh, by the way, hand over those guns. Uh, you know, that, that would not be very popular. And so they have to put a, a veneer of respectability and desirability on this. And I, I think that's the story of communism right there. Uh, the people at the top who've been promoting this, they didn't really believe that nonsense. They knew perfectly well there wasn't going to be any egalitarianism. What they were trying to build was a giant slave state where they would be the, the slave masters over the rest of the population. And I think that's what we're seeing again. But you have to put kind of a, a smiley face on it. Uh, and and it, it even helps for the people who are getting sucked into it. You know, it was much easier for people in the Soviet Union or for the people of East, Eastern Europe, for the people of Canada, the people of Cuba, or Muslim, or communist hellhole, to submit if there was uh, some sort of pretext for it, because it was designed to improve the conditions of the working class or some such nonsense. There has to be a pretext for people to be able to um, uh, kind of go along with it. But ultimately, I think it, it's self-evident that this is an evil agenda. Uh, it's also a new you know, Tower of Babel. Uh, we're all going to get together. We're going to build this world structure. We're going to defy God, and we're going to be able to accomplish whatever we want. And, of course, uh, that's not ultimately going to succeed. But I think that's what the elites, uh, they, they really do view themselves, I think, as um, as evolving into not just rulers of the planet, but God. And they're saying this more and more frequently now with the, with the transhuman agenda. I mean, some of the things that you hear these people talking about, they just sound absolutely crazy. Uh, and yet they're saying them in public. Let's go back to the food. Um, they're using food as a weapon here. And uh, there are a lot of contributing factors that can make the food situation in the world a very scary thing. And just a couple of months from now, there is, of course, the conflict in Ukraine between Russia, which has now impacted uh, the uh, their grain and fertilizers across the planet here in our own country, of course, we are uh, having a drought in many places, fertilizer prices, diesel prices. Uh, in Texas, they're selling off cattle faster than they can possibly dream. Uh, they're trying to get rid of so much cattle because it's, uh, it's hot. They don't have the grass to feed them and uh, a lot of other problems. So we're, we're facing a very big food crisis on planet Earth, and no, I'm not afraid of, I'm, I think I'm going to starve here in this country, but many other people could. What do you say about that, Alex Newman? Yeah, I've been sounding the alarm about this for, for a few years. I think, again, what we're witnessing, like we started the, the program with here, was uh, we're witnessing the controlled demolition of our food supply. Uh, and that takes a lot of planning. That takes a lot of deliberate effort because America is so unbelievably productive when it comes to food production, you really have to put a lot of effort into knocking down those systems. And we're, and we're seeing the, the same thing all over the world. Uh, I've been covering this story for 10 years. In Brazil, they were kicking the farmers off their land under the guise of giving it back to Indians. Uh, in South Africa, the, you have the, the former president, then president, uh, singing in public about bringing my machine gun. We're going to go shoot all the farmers. <laughs> what kind of people say this? Right? In China, you've got the, the dictatorship. Uh, herding hundreds of millions of peasants off of their land into these giant uh, empty cities that they built. Uh, we see in the Netherlands, they're openly saying, we're going to shut down your farms. We're going to take your land. We'll give you some money, but we're going to shut down your farms. You all cannot keep farming because of nitrogen, because of global warming, because of whatever silly uh, excuse they come up with. And we're seeing the same thing in the United States. Now, we've had uh, David Beasley 
the head of the World Food Program, and I, I wouldn't normally look to a UN agency for, for anything, much less guidance or truth, uh, but this is the one American who leads a, a UN specialized agency. There's 15 of them. Five of them are in the hands of communist China. Uh, but the one American there has for years now, uh, since the beginning of the COVID crisis, been warning that this was going to produce massive global famine. Uh, he actually said that, uh, a year and a half ago, this was going to lead to a famine of biblical proportions. Those are his words, where hundreds of millions of people would be at risk of starvation. So I think what we're seeing here is the, the deliberate destruction of our food systems for the same reason that Henry Kissinger argued in his 1974 National Security Memo 200 when he was serving as National Security Advisor. Food is an incredibly powerful weapon. Now, his National Security Memorandum, which was classified when it was written, it's now been declassified. Anybody can read this, National Security Memorandum 200. Uh, he called for using food as a weapon to coerce governments into imposing draconian population control policies on their people. Sterilization, abortion, contraception, etc., etc. But uh, the, the principle is the same. If people are hungry, you can get them to do, the, and you can get their governments to do things that they never would have done before. So, again, I think this is engineered. I think it would be uh, prudent for people to pay attention and to start uh, considering prudent precautions. But uh, we have to recognize that this is being engineered. It's not going to be a surprise when they formally announce it, uh, whether that be a few months or, or even a few years from now. The hypocrisy is just terrible, too. They talk about a Green New Deal but don't care a lick about what happens to sub-Saharan Africans who have to dig for those materials, let alone the immigrants coming across the border that are in debt to cartels who are making billions on drug and human trafficking. It's just incredible. I mean, the hypocrisy is just disgusting. It is. It, it, it's uh, and it, I see this hypocrisy every time I go to one of these U.N. summits. You know, I've been going to these U.N. Uh, climate summits, which is kind of where the heart of the policymaking apparatus for this. People don't realize all these executive decrees from the Biden administration. Uh, these are all being done in compliance with these U.N. agreements that the U.S. government has signed on to over the years. Uh, and, and the hypocrisy is so blatant, you almost can't believe what you're seeing. You have thousands of these global elites flying in on private jets, and dining on steak and caviar, and then they get to the podium and they say, we need more people to ride their bikes because CO2 emissions are bad. You just flew in here on a private jet. What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> yeah. With caviar also flown in on a private jet. Yeah. All right, Alex Newman, God bless you. Thank you for your time today. We're very grateful to you. LibertySentinel.org is the website. Check it out. Alex, God bless you. God love you. Have a great day, sir. God bless you, too. Thank you so much. That's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. If you can hang out with us in the next hour, we'd love to have you. David L. Gray is going to be on to talk about Louisiana bishops embracing contraception. What? We'll talk about that coming up next. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow. God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Have you ever thought, well, why can't a prayer at a Catholic Mass cause the Holy Spirit to come upon the bread and wine and thus turn it into the actual body and blood of Jesus? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, remember, three of the most magnificent miracles were a result of the Holy Spirit coming upon someone or something such as the Holy Spirit came upon the face of the deep and God created the world. The Holy Spirit came upon Mary and she brought forth Jesus in her womb. Secondly, a 
boatload of scriptural support, such as 1 Corinthians 10.16, which says, The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? And thirdly, my honest reflection. Your transformation after a prayer for conversion was not and is not noticeable in the human eye. So then why do you reject a prayer which transforms bread and wine into Jesus' body and blood? I know the reason. Just a whole bunch of people have told you that. Father John Bartunik, in his book, The Better Part, wrote, Gratitude is one of the most beautiful flowers in the whole garden of virtues. It directly contradicts self-centeredness, self-indulgence, and self-absorption. It builds bridges, unites communities, and softens hearts. It encourages and inspires. It cuts through discouragement and counteracts depression. It opens the soul to the truth and releases anxiety. It brings smiles and gladness wherever it blooms. What a pity that it is as rare as it is lovely. When was the last time you were truly grateful to our Lord for the spouse he has given to you? When was the last time that you told your spouse you are very grateful for him or her? Gratitude goes a long way in healing wounds. Give it a try. Go home today and tell your spouse how grateful to God you are that he or she married you. This has been a minute for your marriage and family from the Three Hearts Institute. You can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox, goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and get signed up today. Hi, I'm Patrick from St. Vincent de Paul Catholic Church. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Jesus, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you, praise be to God. It's uh, good to be on with you again. We just wrapped up a conversation with Alex Newman from LibertySentinel.org. Connecting the dots between all of these protests going on. I mean, there's a ton. I don't know if you're seeing this stuff or not, but I mean, there's a lot of protests going on all across the, uh, the planet over the last couple of weeks. And they all have common themes. Food, energy, inflation. And uh, it's kind of a big deal there. So if you missed that conversation, I encourage you to uh, listen to it on podcast, which you'll be able to do on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, or you can do it on our iTunes feed or Google Play or Spotify, or best of all, download the Guadalupe Radio Network mobile app and listen to it there on the flyout. It's uh, super easy, super simple, and I encourage you to download the GRN app today. Just search for the Guadalupe Radio Network. Hey, good morning to you, Damon. Praise be to God. Our CDT Insider Telegram group is always wonderful. I like seeing the conversation that happens there. Good morning to you, Becky. Good morning to you, Clarissa. Praise be to God. Forrest, good to see you, my friend. Luz and Jeff Burrier and Tammy. Uh, good morning to you guys. I uh, see you there. Even Adrian Fonseca's uh, taking time to comment this morning in the group. Praise be to God. Good to see you guys. Thanks for hanging out. If you guys want to hang out with us, you can always comment live in our after show on one of the feeds. You can do so in the Telegram group or on one of the live feeds, which, by the way, we are not on GRN's YouTube channel because we, we got struck in for a conversation we had, I don't even know, months ago. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, even, it wasn't even our fault. It was this other guy's fault. It, you know, 
It was a guy. I think his name was um, David L. Gray. David L. Like, Gray. He's to blame yeah, for all of our he trouble. He is our. He's our, the the cause yeah. of all our problems, like, and not Alex. Hello, who's hanging out with me in the in the video. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> Alex. <laughs> it's clearly not his fault. But this uh, guy, his, his name David L. Gray. Yeah. He was talking about some things that I won't mention because mm-hmm. I don't want to get kicked off again. Mm-hmm. But he mm. was uh, talking about some things yeah. that may have happened about I don't know I don't, a certain certain circumstance of Elect- putting things on paper and using them to put people into to certain cho- offices. How do we choose no. certain people um, for certain jobs? There wasn't yeah. enough. There yeah. wasn't enough paper in this this version. It happened yeah. to be a digital way of uh, something okay. or other. But for whatever we're reason, him from the show YouTube said you're not allowed to have those conversations, and they struck us yet again on the GRN channel. So we are live streaming right now. On the CDT YouTube channel, we're also on Facebook on uh, for GRN. We're also on Rumble. We're also on Odyssey. You can find the links on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's for sure. And if you want to get in on our Telegram group, what you need to do is be on our email list because that's the access point. If you're on the email list, you get access to the Telegram group as well. I'll send that link on Friday when I send the email out. Go to our website to join the the uh, insider email list at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Speaking of trouble... Big trouble in uh, River City. In River City, right here in River <laughs> City, folks. It's David O'Gray joining us by Zoom chat. Good morning to you, David. Good morning, gentlemen. How's everyone doing? Praise be to God. We good are good. alive. That counts. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. As you see, I have a new pair of glasses. I People do say see. I look smarter when I wear my glasses, <laughs> yeah. so I'm going to go for that today. More smarter. <laughs> Maybe if I look smarter, I'll sound smarter. Yeah, well, who knows? Praise be to God. I have to get new glasses almost every week because they break. Do your glasses break wow. or? No, they look pretty robust. Why you <laughs> yeah. Joe, Joe throws his glasses every time he's mad, so they're every, always breaking. Every time I, I look at the stats of our, uh, of our, of our live web streams, I always get frustrated and throw my glasses against the wall. Uh, my priest tells me I should not do that, but pff, what does he know? At any rate, uh, praise be to God. There was a, an interesting story uh, that I saw this morning. Actually, I saw yesterday out of LifeSide News. The headline said, Louisiana Bishops Conference endorses emergency contraception in cases of rape. I mean, like, really? I thought we are Catholic. Well, what's going down here, David O'Gray? Yeah, I, I just don't know how we got to this point, Joe. I, I don't know if we took t- taking our eyes off the ball. We were so concerned about Roe Wade and overturning abortion that we, we seem to have missed the fact of um, letting the world know, uh, reminding the Catholic bishops and Catholic politicians that this is one of the new battlefronts, this chemical abortion, that still all life is sacred. <laughs> you still can't terminate it by any means. And just uh, Governor John Edwards, he, he professes to be a Catholic, and he has said, my position on abortion, of course, this is what every politician says, right? Mm-hmm. Even Joe Biden says, used to say something like this. Mm-hmm. My pos- position on abortion has been unwavering. I am pro-life, and I have never hidden from that fact. This does not belie my belief that there should be an exception to the promotion on abortion for victims of rape and incest. Mm-hmm. So there's always this exception, right, that, that, that invades against just basic moral theology, that if something is intrinsically evil, then it's always evil, right? Yeah. And also, and for the bishops to get behind this, um, it, it just shows that the bishops have forgotten just some basic magisterial teachings of the Catholic Church, humanity, found in humanity vitae and evangelium vitae. And let me just read just just a quick 
sentence out, out of out, out of both of those um, concerning um, life in the process of interrupting or disturbing the, the process of through which life comes to be. Um, in event in um, Humanae Vitae, in paragraph thirteen, but to experience the gift of married life, married love, while respecting the laws of conception is to acknowledge that one is not the master of the sources of life, but the master of the minister, but rather the minister of the design established by the creator, right? Um, and then in Vagelium Vitae, um, in paragraph um, 63, it says this evaluation on morality of abortion is to be applied to the most recent forms of intervention of human embryos, which although carried out for the purpose of legitimate purpose of legitimate themselves inevitably involve the killing of those embryos. And then it says this moral condemnation also regards procedures that exploit life living exploit living human embryos and fetuses sometimes specifically produced for this purpose, so on and so forth. Mm. And so what emergency contraception is doing is 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 disturbing that process. It's it's not allowing the embryo to take hold into the womb yeah. in which um, life is um, life comes to be. So it's, it's they it's, somehow they somehow think that oh if we just don't let the embryo implant in then it's not actually a baby and therefore it's not actually you know causing an abortion or whatever. But the reality is life begins at conception. So before this embryo implants, it's still a human being in its earliest stages because it had conception. And it's, it's mind-boggling. Right. Like, this is reason why the church teaches what it teaches, uh, why contraception is wrong, why it's evil, why we can't do this. And, I, and we give ourselves too often a pass to think of these things in such relativistic ways. Imagine just for this, just let me give you a scenario here just to kind of set this up. Just imagine if somehow uh, our politicians thought it would be okay in order to control the, the mass immigration, illegal immigration across our border, we allowed border guards, border patrol, border agents to open fire and kill illegals coming across the border. Imagine if that were the law of the land. It would be horrible. It'd be evil. We would never want to support it. And yet you might hear some people say, well, you know, privately, I'm against the murder of of illegal immigrants. But how, who am I to impose my my religious belief upon others? We would never tolerate that, would we? And I, I can't imagine why that, that would sound normal under any circumstances, these exceptions to killing human life. I, I, don't, I don't know why that sounds reasonable under under any circumstances and i don't i don't i don't i feel i don't understand why we just don't make the connection how we don't see well i do understand but you know it started when we disconnected marriage when we disconnected um marriage from sex and then children from marriage i get the whole trajectory of this whole thing but somehow now we just don't understand just the whole marital act itself how it's sacred the conjugal love the 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 seed of the man, the egg for the woman, and why we we believe that we just can't take an egg out of a woman and just hold it for a hundred years. Why that's immoral is as well. Just the whole process is sacred, and we we just don't understand. We we fail to understand just the dignity of the human being, and I think that's the core of the problem. And and now we see bishops don't understand it either. 
Yeah, a little bit on this LifeSite article. It says the USCCB has issued controversial guidelines published by, in by 2000 uh, approving emergency contraception for rape, stating that a woman, quote, may defend herself against a conception yeah. resulting from sexual assault, close quote, by using the measure provided the, quote, appropriate testing, close quote, has found, quote, no evidence that contraception has, or forgive me, at con conception has occurred already. So close quote. All right. So, so the, the nuance there is they have to test to see if she's pregnant. If she is not pregnant, then she's allowed to take the contraception. Uh, is that ethical? Is that, how do we feel about that? It's still, it's still an abortifacient. Um, it's still contraception, which is against life. Um, so it's still illicit. It's still an idea that the ends justify the means. So there, there's still a lot of problems there. The idea of self-defense, which is the only logical um, reason you can come up with for, for abortion. You know, my body, my choice never makes sense. But self-defense, you know, an atheist or something like that can argue that. We can go with that. But that's what, that's what the bishops are, are, are saying. And that's what the this, this is saying that. A woman can treat the, the potential life, potentially, as um, a threat against her life, right? So there's an act of self-defense here. And we've always said, you know, listen, if a baby is the result of a woman being horrifically raped, which is a crime, and it's horrible, we don't, uh, we don't like that at all. However, the baby's not to be blamed. The baby's not at fault. It's not, the baby didn't have anything to do with what the, the rapist decided to do on their own free will. And so why should the baby have to have a death sentence because of the crime of its father? And yet, yeah. we're, that's kind of, seem, they've made this motion, this move going towards that. And there's been a lot of talk and rumors about potentially overturning Humani Vitae. Uh, is this just one step in that direction? Exactly. Um, yeah, we, we've, I know you've covered this story already about what's coming out of um, the Jesuits magazine over there, it, what they're doing on the John Paul II Institute on Theology of the Body and how they want the Pope to repeal Humanae Vitae. Um, and yes, I think we, we recognize that, you know, my wife and I, we had this conversation a lot in cases, you know, when a man is um, married to a woman and a woman is raped, how difficult that is for everyone in, in, involved. And I think we, we get that. But that life is still sacred. It's still created by God. The, the idea that we have to kill it is extreme when there's so many other options on the table. Because that is life is sacred. It was created by God. Mm, wow. It is an insane story, to be sure. And, uh, you know, even the Pontifical Life Academy had come out with a statement that uh, basically contradicts this completely and said uh, that unequivocally condemning emergency con uh, conception as a morally Im Im impermissible abortifacient agent. In other words, we ought not to be doing this. We ought not to be supporting this. We ought not to be signaling our support for these things. And so uh, I'm not sure what, if anything, will happen uh, as a result to the Louisiana bishops make, you know, sort of seemingly endorsing this. Uh, LifeSite News did reach out to the Louisiana bishops, but didn't get a response. So we don't know, you know, what their what their feelings and thoughts are in this situation. We only know how, as they've been quoted by the newspaper, the Advocate in Louisiana, on it. So it's a troubling story to be sure. But uh, 
at any rate, uh, how much longer? What's your uh, changing subject? Quick, how much longer do you have left in our in our great country before you uh, you depart? Now you're leaving, right? You're like giving up on us. You're moving moving to Europe to be with the elites, or like what is your? Yeah, so is Germany. I think I told I told everyone is Germany. You finally now, have so come out. You've to, you've outed you're yourself. You're moving to the Eastern Bloc in Germany. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> praise be to God. Hey man, you know what's great about Germany besides beer and bratwurst? You're going to get pomfrets with mayonnaise, and it's going to be amazing. At first, you're going to be I like, like mayonnaise. Yeah. French fries and mayonnaise. Gross. It's better than yeah. you think. Hot, yes, I like that. Steaming hot ready. French fries. God bless you, David L. Gray. Thanks for hanging out with you. us today. Check him out on his website. Uh, we always appreciate commenting uh, with David L. Gray on the big stories of the day. But after this very quick break, we are going to play Fear and Dribbling where you get to win prizes. And it's a lot of fun, but you do need to make a phone call to do it. 877-757-9424-877-757-9424. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic Radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, the sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you, and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling, <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot, 877-757-9424. And now, your host... Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where secrets and agendas are being held from you. And I can't tell you what those are until we get a phone call. So if you want to play the game, now is the time to pick up the phone and dial 877 757 9424. 877 
757-9424. That phone number is open to you right now, 877-757-9424. First caller gets to be the contestant, but there are some things we like to do behind the scenes, some secrets that I don't want you telling anybody, all right? You got to promise. But number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you just might learn something you didn't know before, and you can brag about that at work, at your next uh, cocktail party, uh, at your church, I suppose, whatever, but uh, you're going to learn something, praise be to God. And then number two, we like to have a laugh. And our callers, when they call 877-757-9424, are amazing. They laugh with us, and we love that most, praise be to God. But uh, we give out prizes here which makes this a winner for everybody involved. But there is a catch. That catch is we don't ask the caller the questions, so they don't even need to know the answers and could still win the game. So instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian. One will give you a correct answer. The other will give you an incorrect answer. And then the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whoops, do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer will go into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. Our sponsor this week is Saint Wave Apparel. They are a repeat sponsor, and they have some really awesome stuff. So the winner drawn out of the coffee cup of divine providence this week will be able to pick any one item from their entire Etsy store. That's huge. Now, dear listener, if you're looking for a unique design with throwback aesthetics, you ought to check out Saint Wave Apparel. They're awesome. I personally have a couple other shirts. You don't need to be a saint to enjoy their garments, but uh, it doesn't hurt, right? So make sure to sign up for our email list, too, because they gave us a very special goodie that we're going to give out there at the end of the week. Wow. Rudy, I see people lining up in the chat box here on YouTube. Really? They're noticing you're wearing a tie. Uh, oh. They're connecting the dots here. Red. Mm-hmm. On mm-hmm. A, oh, wait. Uh, uh, blue diamonds. So... On a field of red. Rudy, what does that mean? wearing a tie. Connect the dots. That's all I'm saying. Make the correlation there. Mm. Hey, let's go to the phones. Stuart, good morning to you. Oh, hold on. we got to get Adrian back to the board. To... <laughs> hold on, Stu- <laughs> Stuart, are you there? Yes. Praise be to God, Stuart. Good morning to you. Thanks for uh, calling in today. You bet. Where are you calling from, Stuart? I am northbound on I-35. Northbound on I-35. What's the closest city to you right now? Uh, probably Argyle. Argyle. Okay. Praise be to God. Uh, hopefully your your cell reception will will be friendly to us this whole time. Now, where do you go to church, Stuart? Uh, I go to Our Lady of Lebanon Ooh. in Brooksville, Texas. So Maronite. Maronite. Yes. Well, praise be to God. I, have we had a Maronite uh, right caller before? I have no idea. I don't think so. I think you're the first, Stuart. Uh, praise be to God. So, uh, Mass is said, is it in Aramaic, or what's the, le- what's the language? Uh, the, the best parts are chanted in Syriac. Oh. And the, the biggest difference is it's a lot more humble and a lot more reverent than the dilutions we've made to the Latin Rite here in the U.S. Okay. That's why probably three-quarters of the congregation is non-Lebanese. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, based? <laughs> no kidding. People are drawn. People are drawn to the sanctity that is still preserved 
in the Maronite Rite. Fascinating. Um, excuse me, base department? Yeah, praise be to God. All right, Stuart. We're glad you're calling. We're glad you're on the line today. Do you know how this game works? Do you understand the rules? Yes, I've heard it many times. All right, praise be to God. So you know. It's you and I together, Stuart. It's just us against mm-hmm. them. Are you ready, Stuart? Mm-hmm. Joe is a globalist. What? No. Yes. No. Part of the New World Order. Don't no. 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 <laughs> no. No. All right. We will start with Team Rudy to begin. Praise be to God. Ty and all, good morning to you. Ty. Hey, Carlos. And suspenders. Oof. What does that mean? This is going to be scary, actually. (laughs) Uh, Rudy, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Yeah, because you're making me nervous about it. You're making me second guess. I have seen the questions. You ought to be nervous. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. But you have your tie on. You got your trad suspenders on. I studied. You studied. You're all right. Praise be to God. Let's start this. Rudy, can you tell me who... Is the patron saint of lovers? You should know this. You were just married. <laughs> like it's true. I still have the yeah. sign on the back of my car and everything. The cans are still just on there. <laughs> yep. So the patron saint of lovers yes. is Saint Raphael. Saint? I like. You have to say it that way. Saint. Saint Raphael. Raphael. <sighs> okay, that's so. We're, all right, Raphael is your answer. Yep. Speaking of uh, experts lovers? on love. Adrian Fonseca is here. Good morning to you, Adrian. It's true. I currently I identify as an expert on love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bring love all, love. all your love questions to me. Is it? I will answer them. Okay. You're welcome. All right. You call me Delilah. <laughs> uh, <that's laughs> <scary>. <laughs> <Yikes>. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, can you tell me who is the patron saint of lovers, please? The patron saint of lovers. Yes, mm-hmm. well, that's mm-hmm. obvious. Is it? Yes, of course. Uh, obvious, we have a it? holiday name after him. We do? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's Saint yeah. Valentine. Really? Mm. Whoa, this is more complicated than I anticipated, Stuart. The patron saint of lovers, is it Saint Valentine, as Adrian seems to suggest, or is it Saint Raphael, as Rudy is telling us? <laughs> Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Stuart on I-45. What say you? It's uh, I-35. 45 is about 70 miles from here, and it's going to have to be uh, St. Raphael. St. Raphael for the win. What a wise man. You didn't fall for that at all, Stuart. So Congratulations. Do you say St. Raphael, or do you say St. Raphael? I prefer St. Raphael. depends on where you're from in the world. There you go. Mm. Well, well played. St. Raphael Raphael is the correct answer. St. Valentine, who was... Patriot State of Marriages. Whom they try to kill with a bow and arrow and then with a sword after is not the patron saint of lovers. Yeah, marriages marriage dead. Yeah. All right, praise be to God. You're in. I'm going to say this next one could be the hardest question of the day. Mm, I don't know. That last one It's pretty the, hard. This is a history question. Uh, so let's see how it goes. We're going to start with Adrian. That's me. Adrian, can you tell me? I probably can. I don't know. Who may attend movies that are classified with a B rating. Well, as a uh, PhD in movieology, mm-hmm. oh, yes, movieology. In movieology, <laughs> that's the technical wow. term for people who study cinema. Okay. Uh, okay. That would actually be adults. Adult but uh-huh with reservations. So they have to, like, you know, be they careful. Get, you got to think about they it. They have to yeah. make okay. reservations in advance? No, no, no. With no. reservations, meaning, you know, you, you got to... You should reconsider going. You might oh. be able to go if you're an adult, but, you know, just be I aware. See. There's so, going to be some things okay. in there. So if they show up, they got to be like, hey, I have reservations about being here. 
Uh, yes. Then they sit down with their popcorn. Exactly. You gotta let everybody know. Hey, Got look, it. I okay. object to this movie, but I'm gonna watch it anyway. All right, all right. Rudy, can you tell me <laughs> who may attend movies that are classified with a B rating, sir? All right, people who watch B movies, mm-hmm. obviously people with the low B standards. Movie? What? <laughs> people with low standards. Like, why would you even go and watch a B? Have movie? you have you not seen Soylent Green? Good it's film. like it's like paying to go watch a Hallmark movie. Have you seen I Am Legend? Obviously, they have less. Charlton Heston, good film. Who are those? Why are you looking at me like this? Who, who's that? Okay, so your answer is what again? People with low standards. Low standards. <laughs> People right. with low standards. Stuart, on I-35, not 45, uh, do you believe Rudy is right? It is uh, people with low standards that can see movies classified with a B rating, or is it as... Adrian suggests it's adults, but they should do so with some reservation. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Stuart, what say you? Adrian. That's so confident in your response. One should not be so confident admitting Adrian is right publicly, Stuart. Come on now. A brilliant man, truly. I mean, well, Colin Green was awesome, but you know, <laughs> you have seen it. Colin Green is back. It, they're trying to make it a thing again. But at any rate, you are correct. Adults with reservations, but the reality is they don't actually classify movies anymore. Yeah. It's the good old days. And those maybe I'm just going to start classifying movies. Just maybe, do it myself. Maybe. All right, let's go to question number three. Easy question. Back to Rudy. Rudy. Can you translate for me the word Madonna into English, please? Madonna, which is my lady. Pretty simple, straightforward. Mm-hmm. I wonder Pretty what simple. Adrian's going to say. Adrian, would you do me a favor and translate Madonna for me into English, please? For you, Joe, I'll do that. Just God. for you. Okay. Madonna translates mm-hmm. as singer. Singer? Mm-hmm. That's, oh, I didn't know. Well, like a sewing machine? No, uh, singer, like, okay. like uh, someone mm-hmm. who goes and sings. I see. I see. Okay. Uh, Stuart, uh, Madonna is the word. Does it translate as singer into English, as Adrian is telling us, or is it my lady, as Rudy is suggesting? 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Stuart, on I-35, what say you? My lady for uh, the win. <laughs> <laughs> Well played. Of course, my lady. Singer. She should be ashamed. Well, I thought Madonna's a singer, right? Yeah, not a good one. Okay. Oh. <laughs> She's uh, for people with low standards. <laughs> she is, uh, there you go. Stuart, congratulations. Perfect score today. You, you played well, sir. God bless you. God love you. Thanks for having a laugh with us today. You bet. You hey, have- can we start classifying bishops? Oof. Make bishops great again. That's for Yeah, at any rate. Have a great day, Stuart. Hope you drive safe. Thank you for again for calling. I'm going to put you on hold. You'll have to tune in Friday to see if you win. If you can join us in the after show, you get to drive that conversation with your commentary. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Apollinaris, Bishop and Martyr. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. God, Father, praise and glory, Thy children come to sing. Thy grace and peace to mankind Shall now forever be. O most holy Trinity, Undivided unity, Holy God, Mighty God, God immortal be adored. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty Almighty God. God. And to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done, in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Let us pray. Direct your faithful Lord in the way of eternal salvation, which the bishop Saint Apollinarius showed by his teaching and martyrdom, and grant through his intercession that we may so persevere in keeping your commandments as to merit being crowned with him. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the beginning of the book of the prophet Jeremiah. The words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, of a priestly family in Anatoth in the land of Benjamin. The word of the Lord came to me thus. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I dedicated you. A prophet to the nations, I appointed you. Ah, Lord God, I said, I know not how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord answered me, Say not, I am too young. To whomever I send you, you shall go. Whatever I command you, you shall speak. Have no fear before them, because I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord extended his hand and touched my mouth, saying, See, I place my words in your mouth. 
This day I set you over nations and over kingdoms to root up and to tear down, to destroy and to demolish, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. I will sing of your salvation. I will sing of your salvation. In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your justice, rescue me and deliver me. Incline your ear to me and save me. I will sing of your salvation. Be my rock of refuge, a stronghold to give me safety. For you are my rock and my fortress. O my God, rescue me from the hand of the wicked. I will sing of your salvation. For you are my hope, O Lord, my trust, O God, from my youth. On you I depend from birth. From my mother's womb, you are my strength. I will sing of your salvation. My mouth shall declare your justice, day by day your salvation. O God, you have taught me from my youth, and till the present I proclaim your wondrous deeds. I will sing of your salvation. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. The seed is the word of God, Christ is the sower. All who come to him will live forever. Alleluia. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood along the shore. And he spoke to them at length in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, where it had little soil. It sprang up at once because the soil was not deep, and when the sun rose it was scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. Some seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, But some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit, a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. Whoever has ears ought to hear the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. When I was a little kid, when I was a teenager, it was a coveted, sought-after job of rock-picking. It was the highest paying job for a teenager at the time. Seven dollars an hour was, those guys were rich. The rest of us made 315, which is minimum. And you could make that with corn husking. But one thing that we learned in a Midwestern farming community was that work was work. It was hard work. And it's an excellent thing that Jesus gives us a farming parable to show the yield of the spiritual life because it is very hard work. And the, to escape work, one of the tendencies, you can catch yourself if you're doing this, 
is to look at this parable as descriptive rather than prescriptive. Descriptive is to look around you and assess what kind of soil is that guy? Well, he's probably got some rocks and thorns. That one over there? Yeah, there's probably some rich soil over there. But to look at yourself and say, what kind of soil do you want to be? Instead of, what kind of soil are you? A parable is not an answer to a question. It is a question or an invitation to you. What kind of soil do you want to have tonight when your head hits the pillow? That means, what work are you willing to do with Jesus to work in the field, picking out the rocks, cutting out the thorns, and it's a lot of work. And the same goes for the, the yield, not just of charity with God, but with charity with neighbor. Usually in any given relationship, once a day, you will need to humble yourself 20 or 30 times beneath that person because the thorns of the world or the spirit of something other than Jesus will get itself in there and you have to humble yourself again and again and again beneath the other person to know how to truly love them. The wonderful part about all this is the one who's working mostly is God. It is the work of God. And that is such a joy. And not only the work of God, but God knows everything about you from the time you were in the womb. And so God knows exactly the kind of work you need for today. He knows exactly the kind of rocks and thistles you have to clean out today to make you become the prophet that he has called you to be from the womb. And so you have to trust the master of the vineyard. You have to trust the harvest master, Jesus our Lord. And he comes to us in so many, in the greatest consoling way of the Eucharist as the one who has worked harder than anyone else in the work of redemption. Remember, the sacraments are, and this is often used a parable in sacramental theology, the sacraments are works ex opera operato, by the work worked. But our work in it is, that the rest of that theological uh, maxim is non, non obix non penentibus, if you do not posit an obstacle. So God, Jesus, is infinitely present, super substantially present in the Eucharist. Our work is to get out of the way and let Jesus be Jesus, to unleash the power of God by making our dispositions most pleasing to him. The shortcut, all the workers in the vineyard know this shortcut, it's really powerful, is fertilizer, the Blessed Virgin Mary, or a soil transplant asking some of the humus, the humble soil of Our Lady, to be scattered among our soil to, to continually ask our Blessed Mother to show us what the best dispositions of true faith, authentic humility, and a, a deep, authentic gift of self to Jesus looks like, so that we're able to tr truly and deeply surrender ourselves to the work of Jesus. The martyrs, like St. Apollinarius, help us do this and inspire us because they were the seed that died and bore much fruit. Let us bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church that it may shine forth the holiness of the face of Jesus Christ to the nations 
In particular, we pray God raise up saints of this generation. For this we pray to the Lord. O Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our Holy Father, O bishops and priests, that they may be given a, a spirit of tireless laboring in the Lord's vineyard. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our government leaders, that they may not obstruct Jesus. We pray for an end to abortion, same-sex unions, gender confusion, and human trafficking. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all the sick, the suffering, the poor. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray that God would call more laborers to the harvest for an increase in vocations and priesthood and religious life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And we pray for all of our beloved dead, that they may enter the Father's eternal glory. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask you to hear us, for make these and all our petitions in the holy name of Jesus Christ, and through the powerful intercession of our Mother Mary, as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess him, King of glory now. Is the Father's pleasure, we should call him Lord, who from the beginning was the mighty word. Humbled for a season to receive a name from the lips of sinners unto whom he came. Faithfully he bore it, spotless to the last, <clears throat> brought it back victorious when from death he passed. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Look with favor, we pray, O Lord, upon this, these sacrificial gifts offered here, that celebrating the mystery of the passion of your Son, we may be, by following the example of St. Apollinarius, honor it with loving devotion, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for the blood of your blessed martyr Apollinarius, poured out like Christ to glorify your name, shows forth your marvelous works, by which in our weakness you perfect your power, and on the feeble bestow strength to bear you witness through Christ our Lord. And so with the powers of heaven, we worship you constantly on earth, and before your majesty, without end, we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Lenis Uncheli et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui benit in nomine Domini, 
Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy, and you never cease to gather people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself, grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son, and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, with St. Apollinarius, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world, and be pleased to confirm in faith and charity a pilgrim church on earth with your servant, Francis, our Pope, Michael, our Bishop, the Order of Bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, whom you have summoned before you in your compassion, O merciful Father. Gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom, 
There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory, through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Oh, him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Recepte salutaribus moniti, et divin institutioni formati, audimus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctifice tuur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis odie, et imite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amado. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, Dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. For the sake of Jesus we are given up to death, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. An act of spiritual communion. By Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, 
and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The King of love, my Shepherd, is whose goodness faileth never. I nothing lack if I am His, and He is mine forever. Where streams of living water flow, my ransomed soul he leadeth, and where the burdened pastures grow, with food celestial feedeth. Perverse and foolish oft I strayed, but yet in love he sought me, and on his shoulder gently laid, and home rejoicing brought me. In death's dark veil I fear no ill, with thee, dear Lord, beside me, thy rod and staff my comfort still, thy cross before to guide me. Thou spreadst a table in my sight, Thy unction grace bestoweth, And oh, what transport and delight From thy pure chalice floweth. And so through all the length of days, thy goodness faileth never. Good shepherd, may I sing thy praise within thy house forever. Let us pray. Having been fed, O Lord, on the commemoration of your blessed martyr, Apollinarius, with the precious body and blood of your only begotten Son, we humbly pray, grant that by steadfast charity we may abide in you, draw life from you, and to you be drawn, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ. Thanks be to God. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita Dulcedo, Et Spes Nostra Salve. 
a te clamamus, exules filii heve, a te suspiramus, gementes et flentes, in hac lacrimarum vale. The prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Spreading the splendor of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, this is Larry Massey, owner of Holy Bear's 